This show is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, the podcast where we discuss topics we believe requires critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast and go to saythiscast.com if you want to hear previous episodes. Hey, party podcast people. Welcome to the anniversary episode. As in the second one, because there are two now. Because we're at the end of our second <laughs> season. Woo, year two is over. Hey, you remember last year what I did? I put in a yay right here. I'm going to do it again. Yay! Okay, I did it. I'm proud of you. <laughs> 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 uh, so last year, we started a tradition that we will be breaking this year. Um, and that was to reflect on our previous episodes and talk about where we thought that we were wrong. But in season two, we leveled the fuck up and we've been spitting straight fucking fire for the entire season. Yeah. I agree with all of my takes. They've been amazing, flawless, incredible. <laughs> I picked out a few episodes that I like and I wanted to talk about. And by like, I mean, I like the topic and I have probably more to say about them. I want to reflect on uh, what they meant to me. And then maybe we'll talk a little bit about uh, how uh, this here panzanella salad has uh, affected our politics. And by panzanella <laughs> salad, I do mean COVID-19 case. Panzanella, you don't panzanella salad. Panzanella salad. I think it's a good panzanella salad. I'm sorry. That's I. I that's my bad. I it's apologize. Okay. <laughs> Panzanella salad? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's the episode. <laughs> it's a Panzanella salad. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Theme uh, music. Um, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what did you want to start with? Uh, I wanted to start with an episode that is near and dear to my heart, which um, is our episode uh, called Kink. Not Kink. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, kick stomper. <laughs> wow. Not kink stomper. Uh, kink is okay. Um, you're valid unless you have a race kink, in which case you're a weirdo. <laughs> kink stomper. That's like really specific, honestly. Yeah, it also sounds... <laughs> Like they'd probably enjoy it. Uh, oh my god, <laughs> You're off to a great start! Um, Fantastic. Also, for, for your knowledge, actually... I don't think we oh. even said our names. I'm Nicole. <laughs> that's genre. Also, um, I have a migraine. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. what we're working with today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has she has a full blown migraine. I am valiantly pushing mine back to the back of my head so let's go uh kickstopper actually was the i believe the first episode YouTube that video. you put on youtube yeah yeah um it was a, uh, and i think it was uh a really interesting one so what did you want to talk about that well since then 
a game called Boyfriend Dungeon came out, and we will not be talking about any of the discourse surrounding that. Oh, God. <laughs> Very fucked up situation. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, and I don't want to know. You don't. Um. Anyways. Do. <laughs> that game came out, and it has two dungeons. Uh, what? It has two dungeons. Boyfriend Dungeon has two dungeons. I think the first one is 10 floors and the second one is like 15 floors. Okay. And it had stretch goals uh, that are planned updates now because they didn't finish that shit in time. Um, and I would just like to say, as per what I said before about straight fire, um, this is that shit that I'd be fucking talking about with Kickstarter. <laughs> if I had to venture a guess an educated guess about what happened there, they probably ran out of money or just decided to ship so they could, I mean, they probably ran out of money and shipped so they could get use the proceeds in order to fund adding those two. But also mm -hmm. it seems like there's a lot of game that's not there that's probably <laughs> never going to get added? Question mark? Oh no. <laughs> like two dungeons? Yeah, there is no context there. It's like, is that a lot? Is that a little? It's that... a little. So it's a dungeon crawler dating sim. And it's sure, kind of short. And also there are two dungeons. It seems like three is like, for a little indie title, three might be good. Two is a weird number. Two feels like you ran out of funds or time or both. Yeah. Um, so... Just getting that off my chest, hell yeah, I was right, and that's important to me. So I'm just going to say again, um, fuck Kickstarter. Uh, you know, if you want to back things on Kickstarter, that's fine, but you really have absolutely no promise that you're going to get the product that you backed. Or your money back. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, but even if it comes out, sometimes the product that you get is not as advertised, That's and right. that bothers the shit out of me, and it bothers the shit out of me that Boyfriend Dungeon came out in this state. I mean, that's the true discourse. Everybody was discussing that, and I was just kind of like, the game is a little bit um, unfinished. <laughs> that's the true take anyways i'm the i'm the chad uh the sigma gamer who didn't take either side but instead took the third side which was uh this game seems a little bit fucked up and if the uh writing was more competent then we wouldn't have as much of a problem anyways uh continuing on to the next episode <laughs> let's leave kickstopper and go on to the next episode which is the insult one. Yeah, insults. Um, so I wanted to choose at least one topic where I feel slightly shaky. Not to say that I disagree with anything that I said, but where I'm I'm open to one day changing my mind. And also I think that people could very competently argue against me i'm not going to change my mind on it but like i would have to say that's a decent argument and if i were a different person if i were built different you might say i would have to agree 
the take that I gave in that episode was that I like insulting people, um, that I think that there's utility in insulting people, particularly their intelligence. Like I'm saying dumb, stupid, those types of words. I think there's utility in using those words that is important to me because I like being mean. Um, (laughs) And also that I think that being intelligent is good and a actual benefit to society. And so to say that somebody is not intelligent is a specific insult. However, I'm obviously vulnerable on that topic because um, I don't say crazy that much anymore um, because crazy is an ableist insult and I prefer to say wild or out of pocket or, you know, irrational or just speak more specifically towards the thing that I'm observing. And yet I do think that I like the shorthand of stupid or dumb or things like that. But obviously, that's me drawing a line that can be moved around. It's wibbly-wobbly. So if someone were to make a really, really, like, A1 argument for never calling anybody stupid ever again, even if it's fun to me, I, I might stop. But I don't feel comfortable making that line necessarily as I'm not part of those communities. But also, when people pretend like there is a consensus in those communities about this type of thing, I th- it really feels like they're lying because um, there are a lot of people who don't feel the same about words like stupid or idiot or dumb. You know what I mean? Yeah, words are, especially insults, are very situational. I think that was part of it. Like the, uh, you use insults in different ways in different communities and with different people, just like any other word. Um, there the context of the use of the word, especially in English, the concept, the context of the word is incredibly important. Uh, so, a blanket statement of this can never be used ever at all by anybody is. A little much i think mm-hmm. i agree also this seems like a natural place for me to talk about another little evolution i thought that it might be good to sprinkle these in throughout the episode um Ooh, but i've sprinkles. had a little i've had a little um evolution on the idea of like logical consistency um so online on the left currently it's really popular to be perfectly logically consistent on absolutely everything and to follow every idea all the way to its logical conclusion. And I hate it and I think that it's probably <laughs> stupid. And the reason why I feel that way is because there are a lot of things that are neither here nor there in the world. Logical consistency is probably a good thing most of the time. However, I think that sometimes it can become an impediment to good and moral thinking. For example, there are a lot of people who have looked at the situation where Hassan Piker bought his home and looked at people who are saying like, yeah, I don't care. Um, And they're saying, well, if you don't care when like a multimillionaire buys a multimillion dollar home then what you're essentially saying is that excess is okay. And if excess is okay, then why are you against billionaires buying billion-dollar mansions or whatever? (sighs) And that really bugs me. 
because there's a difference. And I don't think that I could logically lay out the difference between in in like the general feeling we have about like what excess means. That's going to be a line that's different to everybody, but everybody knows that there's a difference between a way somebody with a few million dollars spends money and the way that somebody with a billion dollars plus spends money, you know? Right. And when we pretend like you have to follow every single line of of reasoning all the way to this logical conclusion, it's like you you take away power from the way that these two things are really obviously not the same. Yeah. And so I've become a lot more permissive of saying, I believe in this thing to a point. Like prison abolition, for me, I believe in freeing as many people as possible, as few people in jail as possible. However, I am never going to be one of those abolitionist types who doesn't discuss the fact that there are going to be exceptions to that rule and that they should probably be a jail that's not like anywhere near as inhumane as we treat people currently for the record but right. we do need to be able to detain people away from society who are willingly unapologetically and and happily doing harm onto others within a society um cuz those people exist mm-hmm. are they prevalent absolutely not However, in order to have a lot in order to have a position and to be able to have these conversations, we have to be able to say, you know, I believe in abolition, but there's this exception and it doesn't change anything else that I've said. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, we're we're humans. We're we're messy. We we have messy thoughts and we it is impossible for a creature that thinks through the lens of its own experience and emotions to be completely consistent with everything all the time to its logical conclusion because we are not primarily logical creatures yeah and to expect that is insane sorry yeah. <laughs> also, I thought about this other one where this guy was like, "If you eat meat, what's the fundamental difference between eating meat and um and bestiality, morally speaking?" And for me, wow. And for me, logically, I think that you could probably make an argument that those are closer together than I would comfortably like them to be particularly within a society where we eat meat that's produced through factory farming Mm -hmm. because of all of the unconsensual impregnation that happens. Um, However, I think that we all kind of know that these two things are different and there's like, there's probably some sort of philosophical line that I could go down. And I know that that's dangerous. Like I'm saying logical inconsistency is okay. And I understand why leftists go so hard the other direction because people not being logically inconsistent is just literally the Republican party. It's conservatism. It's fascism. It's, it's an embracing of the completely 
and totally unapologetically irrational. But the point is that I am apologetic about the fact that I'm irrational. It's that I have to honor the fact that I'm a fucking human being sometimes and understand that like I can believe things to a point, but then not to their ultimate point because we exist in kind of a wibbly wobbly space between these two things. See, I, I wouldn't use the word apologetic for that because I'm not going to apologize for that because that's how I am. Uh, it's how, it's how our brains work. And the, the thing to be apologetic about is using that, using the fact that we aren't consistent and we can't be consistent completely and utterly to do harm to other people or to just push through like policies that harm other people. You know, yeah. it's if you think that, uh, if you think that my spending money on things that don't benefit society completely even though i want a better society if you think that is logically inconsistent well guess what you're right (laughs) yeah i bought things i've bought things that help me cope with stuff or that just make me happy specifically and there there are probably people that say well if you believe this then you should just be donating all of your excess cash and no and i'm not going to apologize for that you know but that's someone what's saying oh i said that's a good point (laughs) yeah it's this is me and uh i accept i accept myself with my my flaws and my inconsistencies and my emotions or the lack of emotions and whatever yeah and if someone calls me out on being inconsistent and this is why in general i don't really respect like the whole like oh you're a flip-flop flopper like if someone's running for office or something without without actually investigating like what opinions changed over what course of time because people change our lives our our change we evolve we we learn and if we weren't if we didn't do that if we were logically consistent that would be uh static i really wanted to get high during that (laughs) i was like wow that would hit different if i were high what? listeners if you're high that would be really fun no like when you're like reasoning through that i was like wow i'd be like wow yeah 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 <laughs> like like it was interesting yeah, i'd be like yeah, yeah fuck yeah oh yeah yeah i'm not apologizing yeah, we're different. life has changed if we didn't change that would be static yeah bro <laughs> like <laughs> Are you saying that I constantly have stoner like thoughts? Is that that was a stoner thought? That you was, don't constantly like I just, have I, like I just live my life by the by these tenants. Oh, but it's it's what you'd come up if you were high. Cool. The way that you said it was funny as fuck. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue against that. <laughs> I, I really liked it, and you're right, and it was eloquent. However, um, <laughs> I'm here to razz you. <laughs> oh, I mean, that that is logically consistent. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, the, the the um the main the main point is that I think that is a, a like when I view our show, uh, that is something that I consider a lot. Just the opinions and the points that we put out there to whoever wants to listen at any time. We aren't trying to set a line in the sand, a like a or a bright red line. If you cross this, then you're you're horrible people. You know, it's what we think about the world uh, and how we think no. about it. Yeah. If sometimes I am saying that you're a terrible person if you don't do yeah, this yeah, thing. Yeah. However, I think that we should be more in tune with like following the spirit of our prescriptions rather than being like dogmatically like attached to the idea of like laying out every single point that you have to bite the bullet on in order to reach a a met conclusion. Sometimes that's good. It's like that's academically rigorous. And if you want to do that, you should do that. But also sometimes things are like, not that simple or or in order to understand the full nuance of the situation you have to make certain allowances just because um when i talk about this i often like to say in theory there's such a thing as a frictionless surface where you could roll something infinitely mm-hmm and that has never been done in real life. Everything has a certain amount of friction when you move one thing across another. Um, a true frictionless surface is not a thing. Because the world is fucking weird. Yeah. Theor- theoretical ideas don't translate perfectly to the real world, even if the theory is completely rock solid. I had a sex joke and I'm not going to tell it. Um, oh. <laughs> rock, rock solid, solid like my dick. Uh, ah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. That's ap- the content that the people come to see. I apologize. Here, whatever. I, don't, especially, don't. I, I do apologize. Okay. That was an intrusive <laughs> thought. And I, and I said it out loud. <laughs> and I knew that it wasn't funny. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I think it's funny, but I'm weird. Yeah. But um, I mean, yeah. the- <laughs> it just even if the theory is solid, um, oh, uh, it transfers people- imperfectly into the real world, and that's yeah. fucking okay. And people it's aren't probably, equations. Yeah, and it's probably better that we all set out with the intention of like needing to modify things or say like you know that's not actually true or this or that because there's a lot of variation that happens and it's hard to set out a hard line for a lot of things so that's something this is something that i've actually like over the past year like um that i've actually been thinking a lot about not just the the inconsistencies but um at like when you're think when you're listening to someone's ideas uh how charitable are you like when how much are you going to put credence into the into listening to them how much investigation do i put in like after i listen to them and honestly like how do i present my ideas that i want or ideas that 
I think are possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've talked about the um, how you aren't really comfortable calling yourself just a straight up leftist or a socialist or, or, you know, the many different labels like the, there has been an evolution. Like for me, I've never really thought uh, about calling myself a, a leftist. I always felt like that was um, like that didn't apply to me. Because when I think about policy and everything, I don't really have a a whole system like in my head that I want that I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to think about the system that that we have and the system that I that I want, but I don't think that I'm that we're going to get what I want. So I'm trying to think about what we have and making it better. Uh, I, yeah, and that that is that that kind of thinking is short term uh and you do need to have dreams to um to aspire to but i would but especially over the last year and what we've had to deal with and what we've all been through i've tempered my my expectations a lot i've been also thinking like as you said, I've been trying to move away from calling my from being like a super lefty. Um yeah. and and that's mostly because I've kind of um given up on the idea that whatever I want is going to happen in my lifetime. And that I know that that sounds pretty depressing, but that frees me to focus on what is able to be accomplished now and that's more and that's more important honestly for me i think this sounds a lot like um incrementalism however it's not exactly i think that in order for people to dream big that they need to not feel like they are about to fall through the fucking crust of the earth yeah. Um when people are feeling hard up, they tend to become more conservative, not go in a completely new and untested direction. And so for me, what I've decided is it doesn't mean anything t- meaningful to be a socialist in the United States right now. What it means what's meaningful is to be progressive to be interested in certain policies which lead to um, more democratic options for for people and the uh, right to self-determination for as many people as possible. Um, and in favor of maximizing my goals in the short term of creating a situation where people feel like they can practice self-determination and think about what kind of society they want to live in. Creating a bedrock. Yeah, I've decided to focus more on how do we get people to start thinking about themselves as being part of a society that's worth investing in? How do we get people to stop thinking about capitalism as everything that works and socialism as everything that doesn't work? And how do we get people to stop associating these things so hard that they don't even consider like what's functional right now? what would happen was politically viable how do we move this forward and moving towards um 
achievable results. And that's the most important thing for me. And that's always been my goal, mm. frankly. Yeah. Uh, but in 2020, uh, I started feeling very alienated from other lefties because uh, we don't agree on on anything. We're not a significant <laughs> voter block, and even if and even if we were, we'd split right down the center every single fucking time. It's important for me to be more specific about who my allies are. I'm for the people who are not tankies, anti-authoritarian, for the right to self-determination, who want everybody to have money, not just to strip people of the power that they have, but to empower others. And also, I remembered a quote that um, really is going to start underpinning my politics for a long time to go. Um, you can tell me if you agree with this one. So okay. Martin Luther King, um, <laughs> I know this is going to sound basic, but it's not. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the most insightful things that Martin Luther King ever said was that power was necessary in order to enact the political interests of the disenfranchised, that you needed to be ambitious enough to go after power and then to use it with love in order to empower others. However, on the flip side, power in the absence of love was cruel and pointless and self-destructive. And I agree. I think that there are a lot of people who are interested in empowering the disempowered who have no interest in power. However, we need power to do things. We also need to always center love and those who are powerful right now obviously don't <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try and get every scrap of power we can so we can do good things for people who need it i think that is a a good way of thinking about it and that actually uh before we stop i was trying to think of how do I describe myself if I can't, if I don't feel comfortable calling myself a leftist or something? And I always come back to a word that has a, like a negative connotation. Uh, I always think of myself as a realist. I don't, I like, I have dreams and I have goals. Um, but my primary focus is looking at the resources I have at hand and trying to work with those. And so like, I don't know if it makes sense, but a progressive realist, <laughs> but that is that, that kind of, I feel, I feel like that kind of fits in what, what you were saying. Like you, we, you need power to make change. You need power to make things better, but you need that tempered and with, and through the lens of, of love. Power needs a purpose. A positive purpose. A positive purpose. That's um, right. Power for the sake of power is um, awful. Yeah. But power also, for the sake I, of power is, is inherently destructive. I yeah. I think that people on the left need to be more fucking ambitious. And it's my intention in the next year to be more personally ambitious and to seek out and take 
power where I can and do the best I can with it. So, yeah, that kind of underpins my transformation for the year. I think that that uh, that's a good way to go out. Wait, yeah. no, that's that's the that's a bad way of putting it. I think that's a good way to end the episode. <laughs> to continue forward with the yes. podcast, which will be continuing. Oh, definitely. It the I that is, uh, yes, we we have power. Like our our moderate amount of power uh, as a on our platform, um, we have people that actually listen to us, and we are trying our best to live up to the standards that we set for ourselves. Meaning, using the platform that we have and the reach that we have to try to affect positive change in the world, or at least trigger something. And that's why we do this. Usually right now, we say something about our Patreon and about our coffee and everything, but it's the it's the end of the year and it's a time to look back and to look forward. And we have a lot of people to thank. Yeah. So first of all, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, just generally speaking, because you listen to us and that's important to the show and to my ego so thank you for that uh second of all a very special thank you to our patrons and for the people who have uh bought us coffees um we appreciate it greatly um you're the ones who've uh made it possible for us to have a website and to buy better equipment and to just continue to feel like we're pushing this show in a good direction. So we really appreciate you. It's a it's it's uh it's because of you that we can have a YouTube channel. True. Speaking of YouTube, we were recently featured on uh, the Surfs uh, during an ad break, I believe, if I understand correctly. Um, and we got a bunch of people who came to the YouTube. If you're one of those people, thank you. And also a really big thank you to Lance and the Surfs. There are a lot of people who talk about lefty unity and such. And uh, I know that I just shit on a bunch of lefties and talked about how um, I want to be more specific about who I associate with. And that's true. But also, I still have solidarity with a lot of lefties, especially with the Surfs community. I've... Um, been aware of them for a long time watch their content and lance and his community really do come out and support smaller content creators and that's important to the growing group of people trying to do this work and obviously to us so thanks <laughs> yeah. yeah thanks to the surfs community thank you to all of our listeners and our patrons and i also want to thank everybody that has subscribed to the youtube channel and that has supported our uh, content there as well. Uh, it's been it's been kind of a dream of mine to to put this on YouTube. So it's it's really great that that has been able to come to fruition. So and happy um, New Year and <laughs> happy New Year. <laughs> All right, so uh, we want to talk about things that are happy now, so things that that make us happy things that give us the ability to push forward into uh, what is obviously a very 
Weird ears. Yeah. Weird, weird world. <laughs> a very interesting world. So, Nicole, what is making you happy on this, our second anniversary? So on Twitter, I saw a little post, and I don't know if this is real or not, but it makes me really happy. And it says Snoop Dogg muted himself on Twitch three streams ago and still hasn't noticed. No one can hear what Snoop Dogg is saying on Twitch, and either he doesn't know or he doesn't care. And I just really fucking love that so much. Is that true? I have no idea. It's a screenshot. It doesn't so it could matter. be totally fo- <laughs> fake, but it doesn't matter because it's real in the hearts and, and minds of me. <laughs> and that's what's giving me the the power to go forward. Also, uh, The World Ends With You, Neo, is real good. I'm finally sinking into it. Uh, it took me a little while, but it's... um. It's very fun. I do enjoy it. And it's... um, What is it? Oh, God. It's a Switch game. If you ever oh. really want to... Like, so there's a cult like a classic game. Thing. No. There's a cult classic <laughs> game called The World Ends With You, which came out on the DS a long wow, time ago. Wow, the DS? Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was a really weird game, and it used both screens, and it was just like... It was, it was the weirdest shit in the world. But... It, it was really fun and I bought it at the right time as a edgy little kid. And it was a very wholesome story about a teenager becoming less of a fucking shithead uh, over time. And I really enjoyed it. And this is a sequel to that game. Well, that's great. Yeah. Don't ever buy The World Ends With You on Switch. The control scheme is straight ass. Um, <laughs> but then again, the control scheme in the original The World Ends With You has always been ass on every platform. But it's most tolerable probably on iPhone or mobile, I guess. So, yeah. Wow. Also, my headache has abated. Oh, that's great. A little bit. It's starting to come back. It's threatening. But anyways. It'll um, come back. But it, all of good. that, <laughs> All of that makes me happy. What's storm. making you happy, John? Are you going to talk about Destiny? Uh, no, actually. Wow, I'm surprised. Yeah, I know, because the, the next, um, and it looks good, doesn't it? Out. It looks, it, it, I'm hoping okay. Never mind, good. never mind. Look what you've done. Okay. I wasn't never even going to talk never about mind, it. Never mind, never mind. What were you going to say? What were you going to say? Now I'm going to talk about <laughs> Destiny for Fuck. the next 50 hours. Good job, <laughs> listeners. Thank Nicole. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, there's something actually more important than Destiny that's happening. Wow. And it has to do with kick- Kickstarter. <laughs> So, uh, Nicole, have you ever watched the TV show Avatar The Last Airbender? Oh, right. The board game. Uh, yeah. No, not a board game. The role-playing game. Grumble, grumble, grumble. The tabletop role-playing game. Uh, so there is a Kickstarter running. By the time this comes out, I believe it'll still be going. It is a role-playing game by this company called Magpie Games. They've had a few Kickstarters that have been funded successfully and and have come out with great um, approval. So I was okay uh, funding this, but... The show Avatar The Last Airbender is one of my favorite shows, just in general. It's a wonderful show. It has an amazing story, amazing voice acting, cast, uh, animation, um, fight choreography. Just I can't say more good things about it. And this this company, Magpie, uh, is making a role-playing game, like a tabletop role-playing game. And it's going to be very simple 
It's going to be uh, based on a system of that. It's not based on like D20 or like Dungeons Dragons. It's based on uh, a collaborative type storytelling. So everybody has uh, input on the story and there is someone that sets the scene everything, but everybody has a hand in the story that they're crafting, which I think is really awesome. And so it's coming out in February. There's the Kickstarter wanted. They're asking for $50,000 to fund the game uh, at recording right now. They are at 6.7 million is crazy uh but the game looks amazing and the biggest thing for me and and i know this is a big setup but i haven't been able to play a role-playing game in a very long time uh if you listen to the last episode you know that i'm disabled uh i get tired incredibly quickly uh exhausted just mentally exhausted from things so uh role-playing especially D&D with a lot of charts and numbers and rolling and um very intense role-playing is exhausting I can't do it this system looks perfect for me so much in fact that I am planning on on running a game with some of my friends uh GMing is something that I've always really liked um something I can't really do a lot so this looks great and plus the the amount of time i've i've watched and uh read and everything about the avatar universe i'm able to just think about all this world that i want to create and it's 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 real i'm really excited about it um i have all these ideas for stories that can be told in different eras or, or within different eras. And it's going to be, I'm hoping that people have fun with it basically. <laughs> so I am trying to learn an entirely new system uh, from scratch to then try to teach it to other people. And then hopefully we can have a long running campaign starting in February. So that's, what's making me happy. I've already written like three pages of, of background for for what i'm doing <laughs> so yeah that's what's making me uh joyful right now nicole i was watching something on twitter that disturbed my soul but this is the se- happy segment so i'll wait till we stop recording thanks everyone <laughs> love you so much bye <laughs> happy new year thanks everybody for listening <laughs> thanks <laughs> xoxo gossip girl i don't know oh my god <laughs> let's end on a yay yay anyway yay! thank you everybody for listening to i shouldn't have to say this we really enjoy putting out this show we really enjoy hopefully using the power that we have like we said to to make positive change in the world and we really love being able to share what makes us happy uh in like on in the second part of the show that's it that's always something that i look forward to as well so thank you everybody for listening uh we put our shows out every two weeks so go to saythiscast.com if you are interested in listening to the episodes as they come out uh if you want to watch them on youtube then you can go to youtube just look for i shouldn't have to say this or go to saythiscast.com and click on the link we put those episodes out uh every two weeks the week after the audio version comes out uh if you are watching on youtube thank you so much too and leave a like and and subscribe and hit the bell and the whatnot i don't know man anyway (laughs) nicole where can we find you online 
You can find me on Twitter at Jack of Three Trades. That's three is in the number. Um, and nowhere else. Don't look. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me online at Press Start Lock uh, and uh, <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> nowhere else uh all of the music on our show is by mustin if you want to know more about his work go to store.mustinenterprises.com that's m-u-s-t-i-n i shouldn't have to say this is a member of the planetside podcast network uh if you want to learn more then go to planetsidepodcasts.com Happy New Year or happy next year. I don't know. Champagne. Champagne everywhere. Wait, what? Ew. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have to say this. Ending year too classy.